Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's a salient verse right there. That's a verse you need to know. That verse tells you, tells you that Jesus Christ was God, He was with God, and He is God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now that's John the Baptist. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Talking about John the Baptist. Verse 9. That was the true light, capital L. See the capital L for light being Jesus Christ as a title? That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So the Bible says there's a true light. If there's a true light, that means there's a false light. If there's a true light, there's a false light. One of the names of uh, Satan is Lucifer. Lucifer simply means it's like a lucent, like these light bulbs are lucent. It's lucent. It's a light bearer. He's, he's, a, bring, light bring, he's a bringer of light. The Bible says of Satan, it says, marvel not. It's no marvel because Satan himself tra- is transformed into an angel of light. So there's a false light. And then there's a real light. There's a true light. Verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. There's a great irony there. That Jesus Christ made everything. He made the tree. He made the person that nailed him on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ made all those things, and they knew him not. Verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He's a Jew, and he came unto the Jews. And the Jews received him not. I was listening to this old preacher. And this old preacher was talking about Israel. And, you know, he's a lot like me, I guess. He talks a lot about Israel and end times. He talks about the, the Jewish feast. And, and he got to thinking about it. He said, you know, I'm just some old farmer. He goes, I wondered sometimes, why do I love the Jews so much? And he said, the only explanation I have is because I have a Jew living in me. You know, it never made sense. Yeah, that makes sense now. Why well, I have such an interest in Israel? Maybe because I have a Jew living in me. Verse 12. But as many... As received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you received him? The Bible says if you've received him and you've believed on him, on his name, he gives you the power to become the sons of God and you'll be born again. Verse 13. Which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen. Now guys, it says which were born. It's not talking about a physical birth. That's talking about a spiritual birth. That's talking about what Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus. Ye must be born again. This morning I want to focus on verse 13. Which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So in verse 13, John's writing here and he says, which were born, which were born, a spiritual birth. You must be born 
Again, he says, which were born, not of blood. And he's going to give you, there's three things you weren't born of. And then he gives you the fourth one, which you are born of, which is of God. But sometimes you need to find out what you're not to find out what you are. Sometimes people come up to me and they'll ask, well, what are you? You know, I, I can tell you what I'm not. And that helps you out. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. I can tell you that much right now. I'm not a Muslim. So well, what are you? I'm a Bible believer. So, but sometimes you've got to straighten it out. And what, what the Word of God here does is it wants to make sure you're born, you have a spiritual birth. But the first thing about this spiritual birth, you're born not of blood. You're not of blood. This is not something you're born of blood. We're going to call that evolution. You're not born of blood. You're not born by evolution. And a scientist will say through evolution is we're just going to grow to get better. You're not born again by just growing to get better. Just by natural process, you're not going to get good enough to be born again. Amen. <laughs> see, the world teaches we're going to evolve and we're going to keep getting better and better and better. But see, I'm not so stupid. I can turn on the TV. I can read in the newspaper. Things are not getting better. People are not getting better. <laughs> and you know, I think about, uh, we used to watch those old uh, science fiction shows like The Twilight Zone. Or The Outer Limits. And in those science fiction shows, they'd always have somebody come from the future. And it's always funny, they always had a head, you know, about three times bigger than anybody else's head, you know. And in these science fiction shows, there'd always be some big-headed man from the future. And he'd be saying, yes, we've evolved. To where we can use psychic abilities. And they have all this, this, this guy was from the future and he's evolution, his, now his head is bigger and he's, he's a whole lot more smarter than us. And I remember as a kid, I always would think, wow, that's, that's amazing, you know. Can you imagine back in the 60s when they had the Twilight Zone, if they were to say, okay, we're going to send somebody from the future to you. And they show up and they got tattoos from here to here, and they got the little shorts on, and they got nose ear, earrings on, earrings on here, nose piercings here. They got tattoos on the side of the face, and they're standing there. Hey, dude, how's it going? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, we've evolved. No, we have not evolved. We have de-evolved. You turn on the TV and you see, it seems like daily there's somebody who's took their kids and killed them, threw them off in a lake, or left them in a car, or left them in a shack, or just. Some of the most unnatural things you can think of. And the Bible warns us about this stuff. It says in the end times they'll lose their natural affection. And the mothers don't have the natural, they're willing to take their kids and just let them die. Yeah, yeah, we're evolving. We're not evolving. You're not going to be born again by evolving. You're not going to be born again by getting better. You're not going to get born again by just by natural process. Things are going to work out. We've evolved. We've not evolved. We have de-evolved into animals. I think more, more than today, than any other time in history, people act like animals. I mean, animals don't do their kids the way we do our kids sometimes. It's amazing what you see happening in society. People talk about how we evolve, we've evolved. Have you noticed how people don't know how to ride anymore? People don't know how to have, do math anymore? Simple math. People don't know. When you see people, I work around, I work at the city of Brownwood, and I have to, sometimes we have to write stuff out, people write stuff out. It's amazing how people don't even know how to write. We're talking about 40-year-old men, and it looks like they're using a big a chief, big chief pencil writing on a big chief tablet or something, you know. My point is, have you looked at the letters from like the Civil War era? You ever looked like when they show you like this letter is written in Civil War? It's one of the, they have the most beautiful handwriting. Cursive and so brilliant. And this is the guy that's laying out in the, in the woods trying to write back to mom and dad. And he writes this beautiful, has beautiful hand. And, and you look at people's handwriting today, you can't even read it. <laughs> and people can't do nothing without a computer. They can't do nothing without a calculator. 
See, there was a time where God had given us some knowledge. And what happened is today we're living off of other people's knowledge. You don't, know how, you don't have to know how to spell. Just put it in the computer. It'll, it'll correct it for you. That's why nobody knows how to spell. That's why nobody knows how to write. That's why nobody knows how to do math. They got a calculator. We're not evolving, guys. The society's de-evolving. You know, our manners have de-evolved. Remember a time where people said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. My question to you is, what do you say when it's a transgender? Do you say, you say ma'am? Do you say sir? Do you say it? I mean, which one do you use? Kind of funny, but it isn't funny, is it? I don't know how many times me and my wife will go to, like a, go to a restaurant or go to a fast food place or go anywhere else, and the person will take your money. They don't say nothing to you. Thank you. You'll say thank you to them. Oh, yeah, thanks. Man, my mom would have slapped me if I talked to people like that. I, I was told to say yes, sir, and no, sir. There's nothing wrong with manners. But our society's de-evolved. It's de-evolved. Our appearance has de-evolved. Now it's about, it used to be about putting on clothes and looking good. Now it's about how much clothes you don't have to wear, how many tattoos you can get on your body, and how many piercings you can have all over. That's our appearance. That's what society wants us to look like. Our appearance hasn't evolved. Our appearance has de-evolved. And the main thing is our morals. Our morals have de-evolved. Nobody has morals anymore. It's amazing to me the way people live their life and expect God to bless them. I'm not saying I live some kind of holy life, but we have a society where the kids, they get together, they have sex, they have a kid, then they live together, then they think about maybe they might get married. And God has it, wants it flipped the total opposite. They do the total opposite the way God would have them. And nobody, none of these young kids want to get married anymore. The only ones that want to get married are the homosexuals. <laughs> They're the ones out there in the streets. And the we want to be married. We want to be married. And then you have the straight people over here. They're like, oh, I don't want to get married. Now, I'll, I'll live for about 10 years with her, and then I'll decide that's what I want to do. That's not what God's moral says, tells us to do. That's not what God's book tells us to do. People are cheat you. People are robbed from you. People are steal from you. It's as quick as to look at you nowadays. And they're going to try to tell us, oh, we as a society, we as a people, we're going to evolve and keep getting better and better and better. No, we are de-evolving and getting worse and worse and worse, which we're born not of blood. So we're not born of an evolutionary process. This is not, we're not born of an evolutionary process. We're not born like science will tell you, well, I'll just grow to be better. You can't be born again by just growing to be better. Nor, nor of the will of the flesh. Nor by reformation. Nor the will of the flesh. That's a reformation process. That's what religion says. Religion says, I'll just make you better. I'll just make you better. You know what's amazing to me was, I was reading this story. I don't know, y'all might have heard about up in Oregon. These transgenders called, called this bar. And they talked to the bar owner. They said, we want to come in, and we want to have our meetings there. So the bar owner, I don't know what was, he was going through his mind. He, he said, well, yeah, y'all can come on in. Well, so these transgenders, they start coming into this bar. Well, guess what happens? Everybody leaves the bar. Nobody wants to go to this bar anymore. So that bar owner, he turns around, and he calls this transgender organization. He says, y'all can't meet down here anymore. And they say, why? He said, because people think this is a gay bar, and I don't want to own a gay bar. So he hangs up the phone. You know what they did? They sued him. And won a $400,000 lawsuit against that bar owner. Discrimination. That's the society you live in. That's evolving. You know, you go into these mom and pop shops around here, especially around here in Texas, and what do you see? It says, we have a right to refuse service to anyone. Not anymore. I, I promise you. You think you do, but not in America anymore. 
So if you're planning on waiting to try to get better and you think I'll just by natural process be good enough where I can be born again, you're fooling yourself. It's not of blood. It's not of the will of the flesh, a reformation. That's a religious process. That's a, that's a saying of, like the will of the flesh. That's like saying, you know, I'll just, the religion says we'll just get you better. We'll correct him. We will correct him. And that's what religion is. Religion's all about doing something. Religion's a do thing. You got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do that. You can't do this and you can't do that. And Jesus Christ is not a do religion. Jesus Christ is a done religion. It's already been done. And that's what religion religion says. If you'll say ten Hail Marys. If you'll try to make your way to the Pope and talk to the Pope, he'll give you a blessing. If you'll get baptized. And they have all this process they want you to go through as a religious process to get born again. And the Bible says it's not of the will of the flesh. It don't help to do any of this stuff. It's all about receiving Jesus Christ. It's all about receiving Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Jesus Christ says, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So there's some people out there that are worshiping Jesus Christ in vain because they're trying to do these doctrines of men. All this stuff that man, religion has put on man. It's a will of the flesh. God don't work that way. God doesn't want to work that way. He's talking to a friend of ours, and uh, this guy's a Catholic, and his wife's a Catholic, and he was talking to her about the Lord. And he talked to her about the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was explaining to her about how she needs to accept Jesus Christ. And he, she, he said that she got so, this guy's wife, she's a Catholic woman, got so angry with him. And she says, don't tell me you're one of those. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, she said, don't tell me you're one of those born again Christians. By the way, I am one of those. And you better be too. You know why? Because if you say you know Jesus Christ, the one you say you know Jesus Christ said, ye must be born again. I don't care what your religion teaches or what your church teaches or what you might believe or what your grandma taught you or what your grandpa taught you or what the priest taught you or a pastor taught you. You better listen to what the Word of God taught you. And the Word of God says, Jesus Christ said, you must be born again. And it's not going to be by, the will, not by blood. It's not going to be by the will of the flesh. It's not going to be by these processes that we think of. The world wants to give you this. They want you to, to, to kind of, it's like Jesus Christ. Is not, Jesus Christ to them is a philosophy. Jesus Christ to them is, is just an idea. See, Jesus Christ to them is just like some kind of pie in the sky, way off. Oh, he was a man way, way back in history. But no, uh-uh-uh. Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. And for a Christian, you've got to come to Jesus Christ knowing he's alive. He's listening to you as you pray. You've got to receive him, verse 12, but as many as received him. You see that? It didn't say as many as received it. As many as received the philosophy of Jesus Christ. As many as received the teachings of Jesus Christ. No, the Bible says as many as received him. You come into a personal Savior that loves you and died for you and wants to save you. That's who you're coming to. That's who I came to. If you give me some kind of religion, some kind of philosophy, some kind of idea, I'll find faults with it. I'll meditate on it. There'll be all kinds of things wrong with it. But when you give me a man, Jesus, and say, see this guy right here? He died for your sins. And I'll tell you, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Well, this man here, Jesus, he died for your sins. Really? What, what, what does that mean? That means if you'll come to him, he'll take you and cleanse you and wash you in his precious blood. He'll save you and give you a way into heaven. Man, that's the one I want to be. That's who I want. And somebody might say, well, how do you know it's him? How do you know it's not Buddha? How do you know it's not Confucius? How do you know it's not Muhammad? How do you know that Jesus is the man you need to go to? Because he's the only one. 
Listen to me. He's the only one that came up on the third day. Amen. Amen. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So when I hear that guy say that, I say, man, is he, is he crazy? There's only three things he could have been. He's either a liar, he lied the whole time, or Jesus Christ was a lunatic, he was lying, but he thought he was telling the truth. Or the third one, the one I believe is, he's the Lord. Amen. He's either a liar or a lunatic or the Lord. You only got one of those three. You take your pick. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of my life. I think I'll take him. And I believe him because things he said in this word of God are coming to take place right before my very eyes. And I know he came forth. I've never found his bones. You can go find the bones of Muhammad. You won't find my Savior's bones. He's alive. He's sitting on the right hand of God. He's making intercession there for me as I make mistakes down here on this earth. He's making intercession there for me. His blood is covering me in the sight of God. Why is all that, Brother King? Because you're so good. Nope. Because you got good blood in you? No, no. I mean, I, I, was born, uh, I was born of a trash man. I'm still a trash man. Amen. I don't got good blood. I'm not a blue blood or anything like that. I don't come from a rich family or anything like that. It's not a blood. You say, well, because you just got a good willpower, Brother King. No, no, I don't have a lot of willpower. I, I, I dropped out of high school. I'd drop out of work right now if somebody else would pay my bills. Amen. <laughs> it's not me. It's not my will. Well, how is it? It's God. It's not of blood, it's not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's God came down and changed this old sinner. God came down and said, see that old sinner out there? I'm going to change him. He's not going to have nothing to do with it. I'm going to do it for him. And the angel might say, God, why would you do that? So I'll get all the glory. He'll have to turn to me and glorify me. He'll have to turn to me and sing songs about me. He'll have to turn to me and praise me. He'll have to turn around and love me. Amen. It's all about God. It's all about the glory of Jesus Christ. It's of God, not of me. I might be the only preacher in Texas. Well, I, I guarantee you. I won't put money on it because I'm not a betting man. But I'm probably the only preacher in Texas that's got the teachings of Buddha under his pulpit. <laughs> Why do you have that, Brother Keegan? Because I want to read you something. I keep this under my pulpit because I want to read you something about Buddhism. This is why I'm not a Buddhist. And it says, nor the will of the flesh. You reading it with me? Buddha says, make of yourself a light, rely upon yourself. Do not depend upon anyone else. If you don't believe me, I got highlighted the teaching of Buddha. I'm not relying on myself. Buddha says, rely on yourself. Do not rely on anybody else. He says, rely upon yourself. Do not depend upon anyone else. I've relied on Keegan Hall for years and years and years. You know what I found out? It don't work very good. I mess up, I screw up, I look myself in the mirror, and I know that's the problem right there is that guy that's looking me back. I make mistakes, I embarrass myself, I embarrass my family, I embarrass my church, I do things all the time. It's embarrassing to the Lord, embarrassing to my friends, embarrassing to people I know. I've learned never to rely upon myself. So when some religious man comes up and says, rely upon yourself, I'm like, I've done that, it don't work. And then he tells me, don't depend on anyone else, and I'm turning to him and saying, well, I only can depend on Jesus Christ. See, that goes the total opposite of what the Bible tells us. The Bible says, don't rely upon yourself. Rely on Jesus Christ. Amen. Call upon the name of the Lord. Don't call upon your own name. It's not of blood you're born again. It's not of the will of the flesh you're born again. Nor of the will 
of man. That's by resolution. You're not going to be born again by resolution. That's what the New Agers say. I'll just correct myself. See, religion tries to correct you. It doesn't work. Evolution says you're going to keep growing and growing. You'll get better. And this third one is, the, uh, nor of the will of the man is yourself. You say, I, you just make a resolution. I'll just correct myself. I'll rely upon myself. I'll just, that's a New Age way of thinking. And that'll send you straight to hell like a woman. You ever had a kid? I know some of y'all have had kids, and of course I had my son, and comes in from the house, comes in from playing outside, and he's just covered in mud. And you tell your son, I don't know if you've ever been stupid as me, and say, go in there and clean yourself up. And they go into the bathroom, and you hear them in there washing, 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 and no, literally, maybe like 15 minutes late, it takes them that long. And you finally wonder what to do, and you go in there, and the whole bathroom's covered in water and mud, and you look at them, they look worse than they did when they first started. That's you trying to clean yourself up in God's eyes. I got this sin on my hands. I got this sin on my hands. And you sit there and you try to wash it off. And you try to wash it off. And then you got it on your face. Then you got it on your arm. And you look in the mirror and it's there. And what's scary about sin is right when you think you've got rid of it, it rears its ugly head. You've seen them. People trying to straighten themselves out. I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to stop doing that. We have that every year at New Year's, don't we? I make a resolution. And it don't last very long, does it? That's the will of man. You're not going to become born again by your own will, by religious teaching, by some kind of evolutionary process. You're not going to be born again. Let me turn you to something in Luke. Look at Luke chapter 11. Turn back to Luke chapter 11, please. I'm going to turn and show you something Jesus Christ talked about. Verse 24. This gives you an idea of what's going on with the person when they try to clean themselves up. Jesus Christ says here, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. So a lot of times people when they're cleaning themselves are getting rid of these spirits they have. Some kind of unclean spirit. There's something that's going on in your life. And Jesus Christ says, when that unclean spirit goes out of a man, it starts walking around in dry places. And it starts looking and it starts saying, you know what, I'll go back to where I was to my house. That's your body, okay? Verse 25. And when he cometh, that unclean spirit, he findeth it swept and garnished. The house has been cleaned up. See, the spirit was living in there like a pig pen. It was looking like a pig pen. And the spirit, unclean spirit, it leaves the man. The man cleans himself up. Maybe it's the spirit of drunkenness. Maybe it's the spirit of some kind of sexual perversion. Maybe some kind of spirit like that. And that spirit leaves the man and the man cleans himself up and is cleaned and garnished and swept. Look at verse 6, 26 though. Then goeth he, that unclean spirit, and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there and what? And the last state of that man is worse than the first. See, a man tries to clean himself up without God. And you've seen it over and over again. Somebody says, you know, I'm going to stop drinking or I'm going to stop doing this. And they stop doing that for a little while. And it might be a couple years down the road. And then all of a sudden they fall off the wagon. What happens when they fall off the wagon? They fall off hard. So what happens is when you clean yourself up, you're leaving yourself empty. And something is going to reside in you. I'm here to tell you, if you're going to clean yourself up, you must have the Holy Spirit come and dwell in you. That's the secret. When you're going to clean yourself up, something's got to come in and reside in you, in the house. If there's nothing residing in you, then whatever's going to reside in you is not going to be clean. It's going to be unclean. You must be born again. Verse 13 of John chapter 1. Which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. So it's not by evolution, by science. It's not by reformation, by some kind of religious process. It's not by resolution, 
by some kind of new age way of thinking. It's of God. Do you see that right there? It's revolution. It's revolution. It's of God. There's got to be some kind of revolutionary process take place in your life that you have no part of. It's God. I don't know what your problems are. I don't know what kind of problems you're going through. I don't know, I don't know what the answers are. But I know what the answer is. God. Jesus Christ. He's the answer. Because you're not going to be born again of blood. You're not going to be born again of the will of the flesh. Nor the will of man. But you're going to be born again of God. It's got to be through God. God has to come in and change your life. God has to. You can't, look, you can't try to go through religion and say, I'm going to change my life through doing this religious process. That's what's going on with Jehovah's Witness. They see the, the Jehovah's Witness are very, very religious. They dress very religious. They act very religious. They knock on doors religiously. They do all these religious acts. And they're going straight to hell, a place they don't even believe in. And they try to take Jesus Christ and they demote Him. Oh, He's not the Son of God. He's just down here. No, He's everything. Same way with the Mormons. Mormons very, you get around the Mormons, are very, very religious, very clean. They dress clean. They try to do all these religious acts. They do all these works, works, works. And they don't know the man Jesus Christ. They don't know grace. It's got to be of God. Say, so explain that, Brother Keegan. I can't explain it. And Jesus Christ doesn't try to explain it either. Look at John chapter 3 and closing. John chapter 3, verse 6. And let's close here. This will be the best place to close. God's going to have to make you new. I can't make you new. You can't make you new. A religious process can't make you new. Evolutionary process can't make you new. Science can't make you new. You can't read enough Bible to make you new. You can't go to church enough to make you new. Understand me? You can't be lost and be praying every day enough to make you new. God is going to have to come in and make you new. God is going to have to be the one that is, makes you born again. Look at verse 6. Look, he's talking to Nicodemus, Jesus Christ. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's your first birth, amen? And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Second birth. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. He said, ye. See, if you're reading this and you have a Bible that says you, you might look at that and say, well, see, he's only talking to Nicodemus. The ye is the plural of you. In Texas, we say you all. Jesus Christ says ye. Must be born again. What happens then? Verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. See, it's like the wind blowing. You see the leaves rustling in the trees, and you know there's wind blowing up there, but you don't see the wind, but you see the effects of it. Guys, when somebody's born again, you don't see God come down and do something in their life, but you see the effects on their life. As the Spirit of God moves through somebody's life, you see the effects of the Holy Spirit and when they're born again. I've seen guys that come down and accept the Lord, come down the aisle and accept the Lord, and you wonder, man, I don't know. But they really get it. I really don't know. And then you see the Spirit moving, and you see, wow. And the Holy Spirit comes in there, and the next time you see them, they're cleaned up a little bit. They're acting a little bit different. they got a smile on their face. You see the Spirit's moved on them. But it's like Jesus Christ says, But can't not tell whence it cometh and where it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I've seen people walk down the aisle, accept Jesus Christ, and they're crying. You think, man, look at that. And you never see them again. You're never in church. You never hear anything about them. And I wonder, man, what was going on there? I can't explain to you how you're born again. I'm just telling you, you must be born 
again. And I'm telling you, this is not something that Kigan can do for you. This is not something the pastor can do for you. This is not something that science or religion or the Baptist church or reading your Bible can do for you. It's only going to be through you accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and God coming in and doing a process spiritually on your life that no man can see with their physical eyes, but they're going to see what's going on in your life. Like the wind blowing through the trees and they'll see the leaves rustling. Ye must be born again. Not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. I got a question for you in closing. Are you born again? See, it says there in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You got your first birth. Have you had your second birth? Do you have a second birthday? A lot of us can sit in here and they say, you know, I was born on a certain, certain date. And some of us in here can say, you know what? I was born again on a certain, certain date. I accepted the Lord and I know I'm going to heaven. Do you have that second birth? I tell you what, this is all good news. This is all good news. Amen. This is what, this is easy stuff to preach. He'll give you the power to become a son of God to believe on him and receive him. That him is Jesus Christ. Have you received him? This is your opportunity. I'm about to give an invitation. As we give an invitation, we're about to stand and give an invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you can't think of a time you've had that second birth, we'll give you an opportunity to come on down here. It's not something I'm going to do for you. It's something between you and God. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, miraculous things happen. Miraculous. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. I got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10 verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you think of a time you've called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray as admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that he will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com, IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.